So the training method and all those things are the key to it. But at the end of the day, only the effectiveness of what you do counts. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Martin, good to see you. Hey, hey, Glenn, how are you? How's life on the West Coast? Uh, Well, I mean, if you like, you know, sunny weather and beautiful beaches and stuff like that, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, hate them, hate them. As you know, we are English, and as such, we crave disappointment. So I can't have too much. <laughs> I can't have too much nice weather and beautiful women. It's just that it's, it's not going to work. But... That, that's why I travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, so I wanted to get you on here today um, to chat. Well, just generally as well. Just nice to catch up and things in the midst of all these. But um, also to just kind of get into a specific issue. Um, you've been posting some great videos lately uh, on social media uh, with drills that you've been doing at the academy. Um, on knife defense and different aspects of knife defense. Some of them are kind of, you know, flow drills or drills designed to build certain attributes. And some of them are kind of encouraging people to kind of pressure test their uh, their, their knife work a little bit just to make sure um, what they think is working is actually working. Um, and predictably, as always happens when somebody shares a video of, of, of knife work, whether it's a Sistema person or a Kali person or anybody who dares to show any knife defense at all, you get this huge litany of... Um, comments from from people of variable levels of qualification and <laughs> telling you this is embarrassing this is rubbish you're going to get stabbed yeah. the, you know you're going to get your students hurt uh, and then some other people um saying this is great this is wonderful and i, I know it can be very confusing for for people outside of Sistema um to to look at this and read it sometimes and then be like well who's right who's wrong you know the, the good side the good thing about the internet is that you can hear everybody's opinions and the bad thing about the internet is that you can hear everybody's opinions right so it's, <laughs> and everybody uh, seems equally qualified to talk right and um, we could go on authority and i could you know look at people like mark denny who are like full contact you know uh stick and knife fighters kind of thing in the mix who are just saying stuff like great looking deadly martin and you could be like okay the people that seem to really know their stuff are really getting into this and and you could dismiss some of the other people as just not knowing what they're talking about but i don't really want to do that today i'd like to kind of go into just just different aspects of training for life or death situations and we'll kind of use like knife fight um or knife involved fights shall we say as a um as an example of that and then you know let's look see if there's any truth in some of the things that people are saying and when they respond on these things um maybe dispel some of the myths about knife fighting um some of this has been covered in bits elsewhere, um, by yourself or by Vladimir or, or by people very knowledgeable in, in knife work, um, as well. But I feel like if this conversation keeps coming up and people keep having these questions and these arguments, it might be nice to have just like one big conversation, just looking at it from all different facets and see if we can just put some of the shite to bed <laughs> and also see if we can, um, you know, enlighten people on how they should be training or what kind of focus they should be putting on the things. So does that sound good? Sure. Let's do it. Cool. Okay, so um, just to, for those of you, because this might go outside of the uh, the systemosphere, I'm kind of hoping it does in a way. Um, can you just describe to us your your background and what makes um, what makes you authoritative on the subject of dealing with things? You're not just like a martial artist who like competes in fist fighting, right? You've got a pretty long pedigree, including bouncing, street fighting, uh, and different types of martial arts, also. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, I started training when I was eight years old um, in judo and uh, moved from judo into an art called uh, Kempo Karate, uh, which is a Hawaiian sort of street fighting system. Um, <clears throat> and uh, when I was 17, doing 
mainly doing Kempo and some boxing. Um, obviously, with some judo background too, I started being a bouncer and some pretty sort of, um, let's say, interesting places to work. Um, mm-hmm. uh, sort of place, you know, there were seaside resort uh, um, nightclubs. Uh, and if anyone knows anything from the sort of late 80s, early 90s, what that was like, it was a lot of fighting, um, mm-hmm. a lot of getting glassed and or people getting glassed and stuff like that. And basically if a fight didn't start on a Saturday night, then the bouncer started one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a night out unless somebody's had a scrap. Me, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I moved from that into uh, Philippine martial arts, carried on doing Kempo, of course, um, uh, knife and stick fighting uh, mm-hmm. under some really great teachers, guys like uh, Al McClucky, who's probably one of the un- most underrated uh, Philippine knife fighters probably in the world. I would say, hmm. um, and um, also boxed again, Thai boxed, uh, did uh, judo, jiu-jitsu again, uh, and so back into judo, and uh, which I ranked fairly well in, and uh, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Obviously, I run a school now with Higa Machado, who's a yep. world famous jiu-jitsu guy. So we have a lot of very high level jujitsu guys coming in through the school yeah obviously um and uh my ethos was always uh look you know can you fight in competitions and learn something of course you can there's not you know if you're gonna the reason you learn how to fight using competition or competition style arts is because it allows you to isolate Mm-hmm. It allows you to look at a certain type of environment, isolate it, and work in it until it starts to, you know, embed into your conscious experience somehow. Yeah, and given those constraints, you can go hard too, right? You're limiting you it. You're turning it yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's there's, there's no jujitsu match you're in where the potential of you having your arm broken, leg broken, or being choked out is a possibility. I mean, sure. if if, mm-hmm. if you tap out and the guy keeps going, then that's it, right? I yeah. mean, he beat you, and there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and same in a boxing match or kickboxing. If you're going full out, full contact, that you could always get knocked out. Yeah. Um, and uh, the only difference is that it is training. I mean, you do tap out, or if you do get knocked out, the guy helps you up. Or mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a good, good, good school, and if you're in a bad school, you learn a lot from that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But nobody's <laughs> kicking you in the head while you're down. Hopefully, yeah. even at the bad schools. <laughs> or oh, maybe some Generally. in Thailand I've seen on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Generally. <laughs> I would say, never, never say never. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, um, and of course, you know, last 20 plus years in Sistema. Yeah. So. so that's the first thing to realize is that sometimes people are making assumptions, right? Um, and that you, when you speak about knife defense and training, combatives against um the knife you're not speaking from the point of view of a stylist who has just done one style one series of principles and movements right you've boxed you've bounced you've done bjj with very very high level guys you know you've done um weapon-based martial arts um and so-called reality-based martial arts right in in different ranges and you've you've studied and taught this stuff with special forces with law enforcement with people who face it on a daily basis quite apart from your own experience right which i'm sure was plentiful (laughs) given the delightful circumstances of of your bouncing environment well i think that i would say the first thing that comes to mind is that when people well yes look uh, i mean I, i i first of all when people talk on the internet about 
your abilities or your training module or your training drill or whatever, there's two two types of people or three types probably. Uh, first type is someone who never trains and wishes their voice to be heard. Okay, fair enough. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know that's given it's, it's the internet <laughs> yeah you get that with everything from, from music to yeah. whatever it's going to be yeah but yeah well i mean i think it's funny i mean never take it personally first of all whatever you put out there never take it personally because i have seen guys who criticize top level mma fighters and say oh this guy's terrible look he yeah. just got beaten by that other top level mma fighter so you know I mean, what are we really talking about here? If that guy got in the ring with anybody else in the world, he might knock them out. But that, against that one guy, he gets knocked out. Sure. Yeah. Right? So, and then, but then they'll say a bunch of terrible things about him, like he can't fight or he can't do this. And yeah, he's one of the most dangerous people out there. So, I mean, or her. Sure. You know? So yeah. it's all relative, you know, right? <laughs> it's all relative, right? Yeah. Um, second group are people who have trained in another martial art, maybe, and are so. You see, the problem with something like Sistema or the training in sort of modular, spontaneous environment art like Sistema, which I can't really think of another one that's really just like it, actually, to be honest with you, that encompasses so much capability and ability at the same time, mm. um, is uh, that it uh, is so left field that they literally cannot recognize it as a, as a possibility. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's not so what they're expecting they're see, to see, right? So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's beyond their experience. Yeah. Even within their, you know, they could be training in knife fighting for 20, 30 years or more and mm. still see a Sistema drill and not understand it. But that's the reason I'm attracted to Sistema because it's it's not in the 20th century. It's in the 21st century. <laughs> it's, sure. it's, yeah. it's moving in a direction that eventually those guys are going to be moving if they're, you know, in maybe another 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting. But that's an interesting aspect. It's one I maybe want to come back to. Is, is the idea that people feel like that all martial arts are convergent, and that there's only certain movements or like uh, biomechanics that are efficient, and that's why whether you train karate, whether you train kung fu, whether you train taekwondo or whatever it is, by the time you go in for an MMA fight, it all looks like kickboxing in MMA because there's only a yes. certain number of ways to punch or grapple or something like that. And right. Sistema seems to kind of run counter to that to say that eh, there might be other ways to move. Like a punch is well, a punch in some ways and a kick is a kick and a grapple is a grapple. But there are movements within Sistema that are less intuitive, right, that don't look like fighting movements. And so it's hard for people to take them. Um, entirely seriously, quite apart from the fact that some things are drills, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And mm. also, um, but I mean, the thing is that when you, if you were to film me fighting someone in the street, they would probably say, oh, look, he just reverted to boxing and kickboxing and grappling. But that's that's because from the outside, it may look like those are the things that A, they might recognize, or, but B, yep. what you've really got to look at is the result. How are you kickboxing, grappling, and, <laughs> and yeah. night fighting? Right? I mean, yeah. it's an inter. You know, if you're changing your internal. I mean, when Muhammad Ali knocked out um, Sonny Liston with the phantom punch, and mm. is one of his first fights. I mean, he threw it so relaxed. I mean, he put as a punch he'd been practicing and, and hidden over the guy's shoulder mm. that most people thought Sonny Liston took a fall, took a dive, right? Yeah, he took a dive, right? That, uh, that he was paid to, but they literally just didn't have a um, context by which a heavyweight fighter could do that. I, I remember the similar and, thing with Anderson Silva when he knocked out Forrest, uh, what's his name? Yep, the guy, so, yep. 
yeah. can't what his last yeah. name is now for the youngish guy that was in the you know yeah. all the reality TV. Yeah. It's the same thing. He was just backing up and he, he hit him coming forward with the lightest. It looked like a jab, but he just caught his yeah. full tension and knocked him out. And everyone was like, oh, for Griffin, that's it. Forrest Griffin. And said, oh, Griffin, he must have been yeah. tired. He must have been so tired. He's got a glass jaw. So it's like, no, Anderson Silva knew exactly what he was doing. And he threw a very relaxed, well, heavy. I mean, all, the, all those all, all those things may be true, but I mean, yeah. Silva may have taken that into account too. Yeah, so, I mean, so. it's the, mm. only the effectiveness of what you do that counts. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the training method and all those things are the key to it. Mm. But at the end of the day, only the effectiveness of what you do counts. So if you, like, again, you look at Ali, right, fighting, um, you know, the with um, Foreman. I mm. mean, he did something nobody expected he would be able to do. I mean, he just rope-a-doped him until he got tired. Yeah, <laughs> right? which was strategic, yeah. right? Because it was it was it really was hot. They were fighting in the jungle. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's exactly what he trained to do, and yeah. even his corner didn't realize what he was doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. but Ali did. So yeah. only the effectiveness of what he did counted. So, so does that um, is that one of your filters then? Because thinking about it, like different lines that you could tackle this from, right? If you have a purely grappling background then you're going to be looking at a knife defense video and you're going to be just thinking of ways that you can control the weapon and ways that make sense to you to control the weapon. And um, well, and you might miss no, things. And if you have a purely striking background, you might just be thinking, trying to grab somebody when they have a knife is, is just ridiculous and I just need to knock him out, keep distance, do that kind of thing. And so if you're purely coming at it from one of those areas, you might be, you might be missing something. And even actually people who just train with... like The, the idea of a weapon-based martial art and then them understanding how to disarm and things like that. Sometimes I find that to be a bit anathema as well. You know, some people are very, very great with this with the knife on knife sparring. But then when you look at the unarmed techniques that come out of some systems, not all of them, um, you look at them and they some of them look pretty suspect. You're like, have you actually tried doing that? You know, unarmed against somebody with a knife. I'm like, I'm sure if you had a knife, that that works really well. You know, you can strip and you can do those things. But when you try doing it with your hands, it takes a different level of skill and 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 all that kind of thing. So is it is it the case that if you're coming from a very narrow viewpoint, if you're just a grappler, just a striker, or just a weapons-based person, you, you have trouble seeing the integrated picture? Is that one of the problems? Well, I don't think anybody's just anything until the moment happens, right? I mean, you know, if you're just a grappler and you have to strike, you start striking, right? But you may not have mm. the skill set necessarily to you've trained for, but you'll start striking. Yeah. Right, yeah. and if you're just a striker and you need to start grappling, you will start grappling one form or another. I mean, you, again, you may not have the skill set embedded into you as to how to do that, but you will try. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, uh, and so really, it's not whether they can think of it; it's whether they can conceive it. Mm. Right. So, I mean, if you're a grappler, and uh, I've, and I've done this before. I've had some, obviously, some very high level grapplers here who are interested in Sistema. Um, or, or however, you know, they've heard about how you're training and stuff and they, they, they want to see it or test it or just see if it has some value to them. Mm. And, uh, I won't mention names, of course, but, but I've had some guys who are very, very high level grapplers here who could mm. easily out grapple me. I mean, not, yeah. not, you know, that, that's not, that's not a question, you know, but as soon as I introduced a knife into that equation, they literally had to freeze and because they've never even conceived of that as a sure. yeah as a possibility after 30 years of grappling or 25 years of grappling or whatever you know yeah so it's not um it's not uh, whether you're capable of 
doing it or even whether you can think of it it's whether you can actually sort of have an embodied conception of what it is that you would need to do in that environment yeah that's really hard because without doing it how do you it's like how do you walk if you've never seen anyone walk how do you yeah and that comes down to like how maybe (laughs) how many limited yeah because you can't try it out by just picking fights with knife fighters on the street right (laughs) because your your training arc will be fairly small (laughs) it'll be fairly short if you get it wrong you know so it's a so that's one way to pick up skill might be that but probably not gonna be too great but yeah there's an interesting i'm just reminded there's there's a friend of mine in the uk called ben ford and he um he's a former royal marines commando right and he uh he studies extensively on the on the uda loop and he writes and talks a lot about that Boyd, the American fighter pilot who created mm-hmm. um, this observe orient. I know that you're um, very aware of it. And Brandon Sommerfeld, our mutual friend, used to teach using this methodology as well in, in the military facilities that we both have been at um, in order to teach kind of special forces, people, bodyguards, all kinds of things. And this basic idea of like observe, orient, decide and act and how this kind of neurological patterning loops itself back around. Um, but Ben makes the point that there are feed forward mechanisms in that, in that what you can observe is limited by what you can can conceive is real or possible right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so in in a in a very big way your orientation is created by surprise right so if you have like an embodied experience of moving versus a knife or having to twitch out of the way when you feel the pressure of a knife going in um then your body will orient towards that and you will start to you know um respond and act and then go back into the loop and then sort of see what you can do from there but if you have no concept of it happening right if you if your entire experience is when i grapple people they go to the ground and if i isolate this arm then they're done i've got them right or i get behind them that's the end of the game i've got them and then in the middle of all that somebody pokes you in the eye over the shoulder with a knife Mm -hmm. um that Mm -hmm. surprise creates a complete disorientation that can throw off the rest of that neurological cycle can stop you from completing the loop and getting back to what it is that you know damn well how to do, right? And that, and I think that's something that, you know, that's something that people really miss. Well, I mean, you could shorthand that with Mike Tyson's everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right, kind of thing. But still, but with knives, I think it's even more um, apparent, well, right? Mean, because it's it's just immediate. It doesn't take much, you know. <laughs> I mean, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth, but nobody has a plan after you've been stabbed in the eye. Right. It's not like you have somewhere else to go after that. Generally. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, have, I have scream, yeah. scream and beg. My go-to is scream and beg. Actually, to that point, is it as a place to run that? So we were talking about your, um, your, your, your uh, authority coming to this, like an experience and things like that. And full disclosure in mind, I have extremely limited experience in fighting in which there's a blade involved. It totals pretty yeah, much two incidents. One is. One was at school in a in a scrap in a street fight in which a guy stabbed me with a pair of scissors and basically swung it at me a few times. I brought my hand up. He stabbed me in the hand. And then here's orientation for you. He panicked and started <laughs> and freaked out because I was standing. I was looking at it like, oh, and he was looking at it like, oh, and he just dropped it and backed away. And he went white. He almost fainted when he realized that he'd actually stabbed me. So the, the idea of threatening somebody was completely different to him, to the idea of it actually happening. And I went to the hospital and I said, I fell over on a pair of scissors or this kind of stupid crap that you come up with when you're at school. Um, and that was the end of that one. And the second one was more serious when I was in university and I got into a fight with a guy um, who was drunk, who was coming home late at night, who was a stranger to me, but just very angry dude. Um, and we started a fight. It turned into a tussle. I got him on the ground and got on top of him. Um, and I let him up. Like, I was like, are we done? And he's like, aye, aye, we're done. I let him up. And then he said, I'm going to cut your throat. And he went for a, a knife. And I just backed up and gave distance. And then at that point, he had two mates that were with him that I was worried about might join in. And they pulled him away. And so I, I was basically um, rescued from the knife fight 
from him and that sort of stuff. But that incident started my path away from some traditional martial arts and towards um, martial arts that gear more towards unpredictability and kind of what's been termed reality martial arts and stuff. I realized that I wasn't equipped at that point after having trained a good 10, 20 years in like jujitsu, karate and, you know, Aikido, stuff like that. It, it wasn't, um, actually it was only 10 years at that point, but there we go. Um, but it was, um, I was woefully all prepared and I realized that I was just adrenalized and panicked. And if that guy had any skill, I would have been stabbed and it's that simple. So yeah. that's, that's the entirety of mine, but yeah, just to show the orientation aspect as well, it can freeze you or it can, you know, work out like, I mean, this is a really actually kind of the point, isn't it? It's like, you know, no pun intended, but uh, uh, I mean, there's actual knife fights. I mean, look, if show, show me anybody alive today who's been in 10 knife fights, you know, that's not just mm. in a, you know, hardcore prison environment. Sure. You know, I mean, it's simply just not a normal thing that anybody gets into. No. Um, and this is the other part. I mean, look, I, 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 don't, I mean, I've had knives pulled on me in the clubs and stuff like that, of course. I mean, but but it's it's not like, you know, West Side Story where somebody's like pulling a knife and then they kind of... You both stand there. Really yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. kind of like start clicking your fingers. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's not like you think it's going to be. It's yeah. not like the guy pulls a knife, shows you the knife, and then you've got to move around and do some, you know, Chuck Norris move or something. It's just simply the world doesn't... It? work that way uh yeah. if you i mean like you might get word from some somebody in the club that uh somebody's got a knife and mm. that they've shown it or they've done something and then so you and i've done this before where i've gone up with a guy that i was working with a guy called cheeseburger he was about 400 pounds in a, um, a club and um and so we found out that the guy had a, one of those uh, blades that come out through here like a right? push knife like, like a push knife yeah, yeah. Push, mm. push knife yeah mm. and uh, he'd shown it and so i got cheeseburger to kind of like walk up to one side of him and i sort of came from the other and uh and we had the big flashlights you know the the long i don't mm. know if they're even allowed to use them anymore mm. um and uh i got cheeseburger basically to distract him with size Mm. And as soon as he reached in his pocket, I just slammed that thing into his into his hand whilst it was in his pocket, trapped his hand in his pocket, and then mm. jumped on him and took him down yeah. and then got the knife out of his pocket. So it, knife fights mm. are not like, you know, yeah. something flashes around and you do some kung fu move and yeah. everybody's on the floor. You know, yeah. it's it, you know, saying you're being saying you're in a knife fight and if the guy's flashing the blade around, you've made a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you've missed a few key opportunities already, or, <laughs> or observations, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously most people train from the aspect of the knife is already out, you've seen it and you kind of recognize some level of attack there coming yeah. out. But I mean, if if you're I would say that should be one percent of your training. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. the 99% of it should be stopping the guy ever getting the knife, recognizing they got a knife, knowing yeah, yeah. your position, yeah. um, uh, feeling, oh, sorry, turn off my, yeah. uh, feeling your space, understanding what things you can use to hit their hands with or their head. Uh, yeah. that's good, you know, I mean, once a knife's involved, we're talking, we're no longer talking about a punch up. Yeah. Uh, where somebody might end up kicking you in the head. I mean, we're talking about someone trying to kill you. 
Yeah, it ups the ante immediately, right? The ante is already high. It's like either he stabs you or you disarm him, and then he's terrified you're going to stab him, right? So there's a two way, even if you didn't start armed, it's life or death for both of you at that point, right? Of course, of course, you know? And then, you know, Mark Makita talks about uh, social contracts, you know, that, you know, that you get into a punch up with somebody, that's a social contract where you punch them back, right? But if they try and ram your head into the sidewalk, then they're starting to break the social contract, right? They pull yeah. out a knife. I mean, you've really gone beyond the social contract. All bets are off at that point. Yes. All bets are off, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so knife, knife fighting is this sort of like idealistic, you know, people watching the internet saying, I would never do that in a knife fight. I'm saying, and I basically say, listen, I would never do that in a knife fight. If that guy's already got the knife out, I've already mm-hmm. made a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. most of you, a lot of your training could should be on recognizing that they have the posturing for a knife, uh, that they have a knife on them that you can visually vis- vis- visibly see yeah. or a knife that you can't see or sure. anything, right? Yeah, yeah. How many bloody, how many people, how many knives, right? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, so it has, so to be, it has to be more comprehensive than the standard kind of view of like, you know, let's train one thing for one circumstance, right? You have to look at a lot. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Like, there's a lot yeah. that goes into it. And, and also, yeah. are you in a, you know, like when I travel around the world, there's the teaching. There are countries that are very knife fight orientated. Sure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to South America, and and the chances of running into a blade are probably fifty times higher than in in the states. Well, I would think. Yeah. yeah or even here. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or even the know, same thing or, in the UK. You're more likely to get stabbed than you are to shot. Right. Exactly. So culturally, so, there's I mean, differences. Culturally, yeah. there's you know, mm-hmm. no, but there's also culturally knife acceptable societies sure yeah you know like the philippines and places like that where that where, where it's it's fairly common you know so, so let's let's look at that a little bit so i was going i was wanting to kind of turn and look at different facets right to your point a couple of years ago when you were over here talking about understanding systema is about switching different forms of consciousness and trying to look at things from different angles right and then and then being able to make a mental switch between those so i kind of like to try and do that a little bit with the conversation and sort of see whether we can look at different bits rather than just go off on the narrative and report repeat some of the things we might have said before or other people might have said before yeah. um so from the individual point of view right knife fighting i'm going to say knife fighting in the terms of there's a knife involved right it's a fight it might have started out wrestling it might have started out as a fist fight but a knife presents itself at some point not the west side story or the you know the fencing right uh, <laughs> knife i mean fencing. It, can, it can definitely start that way i mean yeah you know you don't know i mean but i'm saying train for all of it Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, so so yeah. regardless, it, as soon as there's a knife involved, as we've kind of talked about, right, from an individual point of view, right, we've, it's, there's no, there's no denying this. It's scary. Um, it's, it's, and it's partly scary because you don't have direct experience of getting stabbed lots of times, most of the time, right? So there's a, there's a fear of the unknown of it as well, right? Not just the fact that it is scary, but the fact that you've not really experienced that. You've not really trained with knives before, at least real ones, most people, right? Um, so there's an added scary part on that. And if you have been stabbed before, there's, there's a traumatic memory typically, right? You, you're typically not great with knives. So if you've been stabbed, you're not like, oh, I'm fine with being stabbed. Uh, you know, I'll get into another fight right away. Like you, you're typically wary of it. So from an individual point of view, you'd come to this discussion um, or any fight where a knife appears with your own kind of emotional baggage to it, right? Either you're unprepared and it's scary or you're traumatized. That's one of the two ways to be most of the time (laughs) apropos bladed combat, right? Um, And then the other way is that conditioned in some way, right? You're conditioned either by some form of training with real blades or with, you know, limited circumstances so that you've seen something like it and your body feels like it's done something like that before. And that's one way of attenuating that, um, that feeling right on an individual level. So 
it seems to me that a lot of systemic drills at the most basic level of when people start training um, knife defense, for want of a better word, uh, are geared towards that first level of kind of let's deal with the primal emotional fear and baggage you might be bringing to this because there's no point in us studying distance and timing and leverage and any of these other things if that's what you're coming to it with because your your emotions will take over and they will just freeze you right you you you'll be primal in a way that's not useful um, and unfortunately I think these are sometimes the drills that get shared as well right and not by you necessarily but by other people where it's drills where people are just kind of practicing getting the, the knife on their body and moving them around and just kind of trying to manage their, uh, their conscious emotional state while they're in some simulacrum of a knife fight, right? That I think straight away is misinterpreted because it's not looked at as a useful thing. Whereas to us, that's like a basic foundation before you get to the, to the work in a way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is, is that fair to say from your point of view? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, first off, I mean, to go back to the very, beginning of the topic yeah if you're training in sistema and you're worried about what people think about your training videos then you're probably not really learning much about sistema <laughs> <Good point. laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know you shouldn't who cares right yeah. i mean right. you know who cares right? right um and secondly but if you are training sistema so look there's there's various aspects of training of sistema that are attract people one might be the creative aspect of it and uh the other might be can you hear me properly sure yeah okay um uh might be the creative aspect might be the health aspect uh there might be a number of different aspects that um that uh that that, 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 that attract you to it for for whatever reason sure right but if you are training in it so that you want to be an instructor who's teaching people how to defend themselves in various environments, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, abuse or, or attacked in the street or what, whatever it is, if you are only training softly and slowly, you are only training softly and slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You That's are what you're equipped to deal with, with isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you are equipped to deal with that and really you know, you're not push if you're not pushing yourself into really violent attacks and timings and you know, especially multiple attackers and things like that, how how mm. it can happen, uh, then you're not really putting yourself you're 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 putting yourself in the same bracket as the guy who only grapples without a knife because you literally cannot conceive mm. of what it's actually really your your brain has not does not have the capacity probably to conceive of the environment fully yeah right so i i, I guess i what, what i call is is when you move into fight consciousness your brain is going to be looking for certain things it's going to really restrict down um uh to a certain it's going to distill down to some really important things that it's looking for uh so your your mind is only really capable of, in a stress environment of dealing with the level of stress that you've put it under sure mm -hmm. okay so the higher the stress you put it under the more your mind is going to start to adapt to that type of environment sure but without without that you're you're playing at knife fighting for the purpose sure. of understanding it but you're playing at it yeah right and if you want to play deeper at it you have to go into pressure testing if you like yeah 
I mean, again, I mean, how many people are really in, you know, even people who are high level night fighting instructors or whatever, I don't consider myself to be one. It's just, I, I have a concept. I like to train it. It's been more adaptive and useful to me than anything else I've trained in. And I've seen a fair amount of knife fighting, right? Sure. You know, training, mm. especially, mm. and knife fighters. And there's some excellent guys out there, some really, really good guys who really know their stuff. Mm. Um, but even those guys, I mean, I know high-level martial artists in knife fighting who, of course, have never been in a knife fight because they're not stupid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm. and so going looking for a knife fight, you know, yeah. I mean, going going to a boxing ring or getting into a street fight with somebody, you know, boxing with somebody, you know, relatively survivable, yeah, situation. But I mean, how many knife fights can you really do like that? So, to a certain extent, fight? you don't you don't really know until you're there. To a certain extent, like different well, levels of what you're mm. I mean, you can't know anything, but I mean, you can make it as realistic as possible. Yeah. That's the point. Right. So, so that's the that's the key. It's like, what do we mean by realistic, right? What, um, and then then we get into aspects of like, what kinds of states are we likely to be in, right? Um, and so, so there's some different schools of thought in this, right? And and I'll kind of I'll reel a few off, right? And then you can let me know what you think is true about them and what you think is perhaps less true about them, right? Or whether they're inevitable or not, or how much of this is true, right? So, at the most, at the basic, most primal, instinctual level, right? Um. We are very, very averse to being stabbed with pointy things. <laughs> Our bodies will do whatever they can to either create distance, so the flight response, right, um, to latch onto the person, right, to latch on and hold as much as much as we can just onto the weapon, right, um, or just kind of freeze and, and shut down, you know, just completely collapse. Down. Well, actually, there's another state. Some people just might blindly run in and just try and grapple the person or punch the mm -hmm. crap out of the person, disregarding the knife itself, right? So on the very primal level if we just allow that kind of base instinct to take over the fight or flight one of three things is going to happen we're going to shut down and get stabbed freeze and get stabbed right um we're going to run in grab try and grapple somebody go maximum aggression maybe we get ours in enough before knock them out before they can stab us too many times right but probably still get stabbed um and then run away which you've actually spoken to us before is like which is a great tactic provided you know how to do it and have practiced doing it right <laughs> a lot of people say i would just run away it's just like well think about why you might find yourself in the situation are you there with your kids you know i have a four-year-old and an eight-year-old somebody pulls a knife on me in durham i'm not going to run away and leave my kids on the pavement and you can actually see youtube videos of this there's a, there's a famous clip i think of a a woman with her child in China and some madman's walking down the street, just cutting indiscriminately at people with a machete and she panics and she runs away and just leaves her like three-year-old child standing on the pavement. Just And the madman just walks past them by pure fluke. Right. And then somebody else grabs the child, but that mother, even with all of her instincts that should have protected the child in pure panic, just ran away and left the child behind. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, those primal instincts, so there's some schools of thoughts that say that's all we're going to have, right? So Maybe she's the one on the internet saying, I would just run away regardless. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know what kind of night she had with that kid. The kid might be a real pain in the ass. So let's, let's yeah, set that aside. <laughs> let's set that aside for now. Um, okay. But yeah, there's, there's one school of thought that says these are the only available responses to you when there's a knife involved, right? You're either going to be adrenalized and super angry or adrenalized and frozen or terrified, right? So one school of thought, which is kind of put forward by 
you know, some schools of reality, martial arts and things like that is you just have to, you're going to be afraid anyway. So you might as well just go full rage, just press forward, right. try and grab the knife le- le- and smash with it. the other right. hand, lean into it as hard as you can and go, 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 go. And that sort of stuff. And anything else is going to get you killed. Like either running away or full aggression is going to get you killed. And that's one of the, the criticisms in the, in the litany that I see leveled against even your videos. They're like, this is so dumb. I would, if you don't smash him every single second of the minute, and if you're not training to smash him every single second of the minute, you're going to get killed um as if that you only do things that you're training for immediately right so one of the criticisms was that if you're training to defend flow feel a knife then that muscle memory will come back when you're under pressure and you'll calmly move against somebody and then hand them the knife back i would contend probably not i would give them the worst case scenario is that you'll go back to primal instinctual and you'll freeze mm-hmm. and run away you're not going to calmly smoothly move against somebody who's stabbing you fast right that never happens right you'll either go primal instinctual um, or some of that sensitivity might actually come into play, which is kind of the idea, right? Is especially if the knife is close to you and you've got at least one limb in contact with the person, that you might feel it before you see it. Um, that's kind of the so truth or bullshit. How much <laughs> true master Ken style? All right, how much? How many kernels of truth are in that, and how and where do they miss the point? Well, I don't think they do miss the point. I think most martial mm. arts styles probably figured out. But that is the general reactions of most human beings in, you know, a bladed environment, you know, where mm. you're somebody's frenzied attacking you. Yeah. You know, no, very few people are probably going to attack you in an unfrenzied way with a knife. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, even if they're casual, trained, right? yeah. especially <laughs> yeah. if they're trained, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, obviously, look, the, the question they're asking is a much bigger question than that, I think. But, um, and deserves a much bigger answer, but we'll kind of get there. But hmm. y- yes, if you're training in some, but most people are not. How can I put this? Unless you're a twenty-year vet in sort of knife fighting training or something like that, you, you know, most people's reactions are going to be that, mm-hmm. right? Even if they've had some training. So yeah. really. It, it's should you gear your training towards one of those responses and dealing with that? Uh, yeah, probably in some way. I mean, because it's probably in the short amount of time that you have to train in knife fighting, hmm. you know, it, it, should you sort of like mobilize those responses? Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if someone pulls a knife, punch him in the face, kick him in the groin, do whatever, do, do anything before they even get a chance to use the knife on you. I mean, it's sure. mainly mm. about preemptive work. And, yeah. You know, you know, but okay. So I was training with Vladimir, uh, obviously Vladimir Vsilyov uh, at a school and we were doing a seminar on knife fighting. <clears throat> We'd spent two days doing drills on, you know, learning how to soften your body and breathe and relax and maneuver and, strip and do this and blah 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 everything right and we're just i'm kind of standing with vlad and we've been training together and and then we're just kind of watching the flow of the class for a moment and he turns to me and he goes "Hmm." he said all this training and you only get one shot at it right and it's really the point comes down to that you know it all comes Mm. down to that one thing i mean it's not you know when people see you doing like i did a drill the other day i put it out you know where i'm against the wall someone's continuously doing a poking type stab at me and i'm moving up and down the wall from sitting to standing and i'm teaching that class Mm -hmm. 
Now, in the initial drill, I'm only escaping, okay? Just feeling what my instincts are telling me to do and kind of like moving with that instinct into a more comfortable position if possible, or if I'm moving into an uncomfortable position, starting to make that a comfortable position somehow, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm moving up and down the wall, and the, you know, the obvious, you know, I mean, it's easy to write. I mean, I, I almost want to give a checkbox of so, sort of like trash talk things that you can say so that it saves them time to actually say in it. So they can just we should make that, the trash talk yeah. bingo. We should make a trash talk yeah. bingo card and we can just tick them off. Yeah. I got yeah, a line. A, I would have exactly. shot the guy. I would have armbarred yeah, that guy. Yeah. No, you could just tick yeah, them all off. Exactly. <laughs> I, would do, I would never do that. I would do this. Right. And like, okay. I mean, never's a big word. You know? yeah. And how many nevers, how many nevers have you got? I don't know. Um, all right. So, uh, so the concept of the drill is not that I wish to move up and down the wall and trying to avoid while someone's poking me with a knife. Yeah. That is not why I'm doing the drill. The mm-hmm. concept of the drill is to put myself in an environment. What if I hit the wall and a guy tries to stab me once? Yeah. Maybe twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe three times. Maybe five, maybe 20, right? What happens in my moment if I'm on gravel and I slip to the ground against the wall? It's going to happen to anybody. Doesn't, he doesn't stop the drill. He just carries on stabbing me, right, in yeah. the real life. Mm-hmm. You know, so you imagine you're in your school doing knife fighting training. You trip and uh, end up against the wall. I'm going to have to charge up my battery here. So, so you're practicing not having the, you know, there's an assumption sometimes if you if you never train that way, that you're always going to have your stance, your balance, your positioning. You're going you're gonna to be able to kind of, to some extent, dictate the circumstances from which you begin. But what you're saying is that you can't assume that. And so you need, for referencing our earlier thing, you have to practice being in difficult positions and difficult places and starting that way and recovering from it. Otherwise, you're narrowing exactly. down the range of circumstances in which you might survive like automatically. Exactly. And also, yeah. you're putting yourself into uncomfortable environments to make them comfortable. Yeah. Right? The comfort is literally doing something before the first time you do it. Hmm. <laughs> That's kind of all it means. Right. <laughs> it's like not being surprised by the space that you're in. And there right. it goes back to that OODA loop thing that the um, surprise creates orientation, right? So yes. if you're if you're let surprised by a smaller set of things, then your orientation will be closer to reality, right? Whereas if yes. you're if if anything other than we're starting off square and I've got both my hands available and on my stance and that's how we start the knife fight, if anything outside of that happens, then you're going to be surprised by whatever it is, and that's going to mess with your orientation, right, to some degree. Well, right? but, but look, mm. if you if you're if you're an Olympic sprinter. Mm. And you train for years to get in those blocks, and you're going to go 100 yards as fast as you can with all of your training, with all your breathing and everything else. And just as you set into the blocks, they change the race to a 10,000 yard. <laughs> Actually, it's a right? half marathon. Sorry, Dave. <clears throat> yeah. And you have to do it, and you have to do it backwards and blindfolded. Yeah. Right now, one of them's going to win that race, mm. but it's not going to be the, probably the most trained. It will probably be the most adaptable. Yeah, or even the right. same range of sprinters, and one of them starts off by twisting his ankle on the first step, right? Like, is it, yeah, so, some right. might come back from that, some might not. You know, so, yeah. you, you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. But if you 
I mean, obviously, you're probably not going to train to twist your ankle on the first step, but you can mm. train for different distances and different environments. Sure. Right? Mm. Now, you can be a specialist or you can be a robustist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I would sooner be a robustist mm. who has capability in lots of different environments than a specialist who really hones down to one specific thing, hoping that that will happen. Because it's not. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I've, I've often, I mean, you've said this before as well, and I often give this example when people ask me, you know, why do Sistema instead of, you know, this or this or this or this? And I'm like, all of those ways, a lot of those different styles or ways of fighting and self-defense are worthwhile in their own right. And they're very, very good within their own environments. But Sistema, to me, at the very least, apart from all of the other things that it offers that we don't get into now, um, it's like spread betting. You know, or like a diversification in your fighting portfolio. <laughs> you'll, you'll probably survive in a wider range of circumstances. You might not be as efficient in fighting one on one in a grappling tournament as a BJJ person, and you're probably never going to be as good as a as a tournament kickboxer in a one to one street fight between two people, and you're only allowed to use feet and hands, right? But you'll probably survive a bit better about against a knife than either of those, and you might survive against two or three people better than either of those, depending on how hard you train, who you train with, and the ways that you're training. So in, in some ways, it's about diversifying the breadth of experience. So again, so that you can orient yourself and make, not I won't say decisions, because it's not conscious, right? As you said to earlier on, it's like it's steered consciousness to a point. Yeah. Um, but you've got your body and mind at least have the capacity to make appropriate decisions when you've at least experienced something like that before. Whereas if you never have, all of your training can go out the window. I'm not saying it will, you know, and a good a good boxer might, you know, just beat the crap out of a, somebody who pulls a knife on him because he's just a great boxer and he's like, pat, 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 as quick as he can, you know. Um, and same thing with a good BJJ practitioner. They might, you know, be able to get a Kimura on him, snap his arm off and blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that it's the style. I'm, I'm saying that if the range of experiences isn't there, um, you, you're rolling the dice in a sense, right? You're rolling the dice with what it is that you're able to cope. Well, you're rolling the dice, but you're also setting yourself up for disappointment and that's a really hard thing to get over in a fight yeah when you start right. to lose it's hard to come back right <laughs> well no it's just start to like i've trained for this for this for this and this is happening oh no yeah right and it start, as soon as you start thinking oh no that's mm. when they start to win right because it's not really your body that they're beating it's your mind yeah your will to continue fighting <laughs> and you're yeah. and you're you know i mean this is one of the reasons that some people train in Sistema because they love it. Some people train in Sistema because they feel it's the most useful thing to them or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the guys that don't train in Sistema that see it, that that do enjoy it, and I've seen this happen many times with multiple high-level martial artists. Now, maybe they just find some value in it and they like it, or maybe they really, really love it and they're like, wow, this is so far out of the range of what i'm doing mm. i've already made so much investment in my other art that i can't switch over yeah sunk cost right? is that, yeah it, mm. it, it, it's just like i'm too invested in this to yeah. do this mm. you know and i find that fairly normally but then i i mean you know i'm invested in systema in a certain way so me me turning around and starting doing you know indian calicopact at this stage is probably unlikely you know but mm. so <laughs> yeah, a bit of both. All right, so so we've um so we've kind of we've we've acknowledged the truth in some of that, like the primal instinctual way of fighting and the, and the realities of things that come out of it. But we've also kind of added a bit on, sort of saying yes and right. Yes, it's true that you have to acknowledge those realities, but there are ways of 
hedging uh, and there are ways of kind of preparing your mind and your body so that those effects aren't quite so overwhelming and prevalent. And if you train the right way, that can be very, very helpful and it can increase your chances. And we, we're, we're only really ever t- talking about increasing chances as well, aren't we? Let's be clear about that. We're never talking about that's going to make me an invincible, impenetrable knife fighter. We're, we're just talking about your chance going from surviving a knife fight from maybe yeah. <laughs> 20% to, to maybe 30% or from five to, or even from zero to five. But that's even you're, you're, right? you're, 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 yeah. You are only ever a penetrable knife fighter. everybody's a potential pincushion yeah Yeah. okay so let's um but let's let's play devil's advocate with it let's flip it um let's acknowledge the truth in this as well though that some people training traditional martial arts methods um that work a lot on flow and sensitivity and things like that right um come to a place where they let's say kind of ascribe unreasonable confidence to the supernatural abilities either of themselves or of the style itself. They're like, the style is so good that it will take care of things, right? Or um, it doesn't matter if I, you know, understand pressure testing or leverage or any distance or timing, my key will protect me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, or my, my incredibly well-honed awareness. Let's acknowledge that. There is there is a certain group of people who are, who are somewhat fanatical about their own styles and including within the systemic community, right? They're, they're fanatical about the ability of the system to protect you regardless of how hard you train in it or don't. Right. Um, so when people kind of comment to that extent saying, man, whenever one of these traditional martial arts goes in the ring or the octagon or something, they get their clock cleaned by an MMA fighter. This knife thing is no different, right? There's, there's a kernel of truth to that, right? There, there's, there's a, a proportion of people who are training in a way that will that will not allow them to get the full benefits of the system that they're working in, um, and then sometimes some aspects of some systems philosophically can encourage that a little bit. It can encourage people to think they have supernatural abilities when really they only really have have natural ones that are very very well honed. You know? Well, I mean, there's an easy way out of that: just pressure test yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that's the easiest thing. But yes, look, Sistema and Again, choose why you're training in Sistema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're training for health and fitness and, you know, mental latitudes and, and you know, discovering relaxation within yourself and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, then I, I can't think of a better way of spending your time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? There's simply no, I mean, I love it, you love it. There's no... Yep better way of exploring yourself right but if you're training to use this in a potentially deadly situation then put yourself at least in simulation in potentially deadly situations Hmm. you know and see how to make it effective not whether it is effective or not there is no saving you there's no system does not save you or tai chi Mm -hmm. or kung fu Mm -hmm. or 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 Silat or, or, or Silat or Kali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, right? Mm. You save you. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, yeah. You know, the, the idea that there's like no, you know, well, karate doesn't work in, the mar- in, in, in MMA. Well, you know, Machida. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm. Okay. Uh, then you get your degraders all say, "Oh, he's not really doing karate anymore. He's just doing kickboxing." Well, that looks a bit like karate. karate. Yeah, he is. His stance is different. His timing is you different. Know, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they couldn't—they couldn't beat him for a decade. Hmm. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, so there was obviously, but it was him. Yeah. And he made it work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you look at Vladimir and then you look at somebody down the line doing, you know, so slow, soft work, knife techniques on, you know, if they're explaining something and showing some concept, fine. Hmm. But if they've never really been in the situation Vladimir's been in, you can't just say, well, Sistema works. You could say yeah. Vladimir works because he's been in a bunch of life and death situations and this is how he developed his way of surviving yeah. through these concepts, right? But if you haven't been in that, then you can't, you can't say, say that. That, that. You can't say that. Yeah. But it, you can put yourself in a highly stress simulated environments until you can say, well, I feel a bit more comfortable here. Yeah. But in some ways, that's the most that you can say, right? In some ways, right? It's, yeah, it's, of course, it's, it's yeah. all you can say. Yeah. You know? So that's so that's that's interesting because that acknowledges the truth in two things. Then we are acknowledging the truth that you have to press pressure test things if you want to use them for real. That's true, right? If you're thinking about using them for real, then you have to because you need that experience. And you need that. See what how are you going to orient yourself? And also, um, uh, and what's the second part? Uh, that, that it's the person teaching yeah the, the style yeah. doesn't say anything um inherently in itself about how effective you're going to be and and when people comment saying if you if this is what you're teaching your students if this is all you're teaching your students if they see a flow drill with knife fighting or something and they say if this is all you're teaching your students you're going to get them killed there's a kernel of truth in that right if that was all you were teaching your students then it would be dangerous right and if you were kind of trying to pass that off as real knife real knife defense training. But the, the key point is, is that you don't have to pressure test everything at all times, right? You don't start learning boxing by getting into the ring with somebody you know, of your same weight class who's really experienced, just have them smash you about the head until you learn head movement or how to hit. You start by doing pad drills. You start by working the bag. You start by working timing and speed drills and things that enable you yeah. to get in there. And then, and then you gradually try those out inspiring, right? So I think the idea that you have to pressure test knife fighting at all times because it's knife fighting, I think is a fallacy. You you have to learn it the same way that you, in some ways, the same way that you would learn any other complex skill. You have to, you have to walk before you can run. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously I hear this quite a lot and the quickest answer I can give to them is if you'd never handled a gun before hmm. and I put a loaded pistol in your pants by your groin, Mm. and told you to pull it out as fast as you can and shoot a moving target, Yeah, I guarantee you would be very gingerly taking it out of your pants, <laughs> <laughs> slowly yeah. breathing, relaxing, yeah. making sure your finger is nowhere near the trigger. Right. Okay? And then maybe once you've got it up, then, bah, 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 then you might but, shoot as fast as you can because sure. you feel comfortable. Yeah. But, you're, you know, comfort at speed comes from recognizing the danger to yourself mm. yeah okay <laughs> so, understanding the danger to yourself yeah understanding yeah. the danger to yourself yeah and so or just blind idiocy just, you can do it that way too just blind ignorance works you can just pull it as fast as you can you can be really ballsy shoot your balls off and then have no balls that also works <laughs> so. yeah yeah right right <laughs> and uh and you know that they just ensure that they don't pass on those genes to the next generation. I'm fine yeah, there we go. Yeah. Sorts itself out. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Real. too late. Okay, so we've had the we've had the primal instinctual view and we've had like the magical, mythical faith in the style type view, right? No both neither of those are kind of entirely true and we've kind of walked through the pros and cons a little bit. Um 
What about the idea of sensitivity versus working on sensitivity with nitriles, which is the kind of thing that you've been demonstrating in these, in these drills, right? You, you start with some contact, there's more pressure, there's more proximity to the knife than most of us would like to start with, right? But you're dealing, you're starting with the worst case scenario and you're trying to train your body, talking about that embodied consciousness that you referenced earlier on, to react without conscious thought, right? You're trying to put it on autopilot a little bit through repetitive training and pressure and experience and things like that but without having to stop and decide, let's put it that way, without having to stop and make a decision. I wouldn't say autopilot. I would say... Guided instinct then, in your words. You're moving, you're, you're, you're pushing your conscious state more into what would have been autopilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That you're starting to explore the boundaries of where instincts and, and cognition blend. Yeah. Right? And nice. stretch them. And right. at this point, we plug your next book on consciousness. And once you start to do that, you start to realize that you can you can be aware of a lot more things than you might have thought you were. Yeah. Okay. Because again, it's only context based. You know, I'm mm. only I'm only capable of conceiving what I've conceived. Yeah. Right. So by pushing the drill um, and trying to sort of open up what I, I guess the, 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 if I was to say how how do you drill these things? First thing to do is watch yourself. Just see what you do naturally. Untrained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just watch mm-hmm. it. Don't even try and do anything too special. Just watch what you do. If like. If I was to get out, walk out to the middle of the street in a car, and I'm looking at my phone, which I never do, by the way. I see people do that, like crossing the street, watching their phone. I'm walking like, down the road. Yeah. Dar- Darwin is a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but if if I was to walk out and you're looking at your phone and suddenly a speeding car sort of beeps its horn, there's a certain part of that that you are certainly not conscious of as you start to become aware of the car how your body's moving out of the way of it Mm -hmm. or freezing right but you can push your consciousness into that part yeah right Mm -hmm. and you can start to ring alarm bells much earlier you can observe yourself doing things and guide it Mm -hmm. right so that's the idea of the drills to observe yourself and then start to guide those observations so so that serves as a rationale then for why you would even bother doing those drills versus relying on the standard kind of trifecta in martial arts, which is let's look at distance, timing, and speed, right? Or, some, or, or maybe leverage as well and things like that, right? And so somebody coming from a, from a martial art that focuses entirely on those things and to really good effect, let's be honest, you know, if you really understand distance, timing, and speed, you can be an excellent boxer, you can be, an, you know, if you really understand leverage, you can be an incredible grappler, you know, and, and it works, mm-hmm. right, when you're close up in those circumstances. Somebody coming at it just from that point of view has trouble seeing what's the value in this in training anything else they're like no no you can't do that you have to keep your distance no no you can't do that you have to keep two arms on him otherwise you won't have leverage do you know what i mean so they're seeing it from the point of view of like that's the only thing that can work i mean let's acknowledge that you if you have crappy distance crappy timing terrible speed and you and you don't understand how leverage works you'll still probably mess it up right but this is a it's like an augmentation of those attributes right in which you can add additional observations or you can pick up on things a little bit earlier than maybe somebody who's relying on those things and just staring at the situation, hoping it to come out. Uh, 
Yes. I, th- I, I mean, look, system is such a different idea as to how you train. I think mm. it's, it's sometimes even hard to compare it how we don't train, which is mm. how most people train, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean training in those things is going to be ineffective. It depends how you train in them. Sure. Yeah. Within Sistema, you know, for, for us, for the way we're training. Yeah. I mean, why not do the same drill and only look at your timing or only your distancing or only your, mm. you know, so it's just how do you conceive the drill yeah. purpose? What, what piece are you trying to embody? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And to be fair, we do, right? To be fair, we do. We will do that. And we'll do oh, just like and try and stay just beyond the reach of the knife and don't fight back, you know, and see if you can get the distance or try and close. I mean, mm. there's a reason practical things work. Yeah. You know, I mean, to ignore them would be ridiculous. But yeah. to train it, what, what you might be doing might seem impractical to another group, but it doesn't mean it is. Sure. But yeah, yeah. there's also a danger of training in a way that's impractical that if you don't test it, that you might believe is working. Yeah. Right? You're, delu- so, you're deluding yourself in some, in some ways. Yeah, yeah basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that you know, I kind of joked before about the you know the cult of relaxation. And you mm-hmm. can easily fall into that mm-hmm. like example, doing that drill against the wall, you need to be extremely relaxed. But if you're so relaxed that the guy can just throw you from one position to another, then, I mean, there may be some value in that if you explore it, but there also may be a tremendous amount of invaluable information in there that you can carry on training in if Mm. nobody tries to throw you around. And then you build up bad habits, right? And then they, they, then they will make this. They are your habits. I mean, there's no good or bad habits in a knife fight. It's either dead or not dead, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's bad habits. I mean, if you put your neck forward and close your eyes, I mean, <laughs> yeah, starting like that is not a good no, idea. Which is interesting because it's the best idea. Which is interesting because yeah. have a lot of fights start in clubs. So like, uh, come on, exactly. Wide open with the neck sticking out. You know, it's, like, I, it's I mean, the least you know, efficient way to start a knife fight. <laughs> Both exactly. wrists and my neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can take it. You know. Um, so, so I'm. So I'm being conscious of your time here a bit, makes so as we've been on for an hour and you've uh, and probably got stuff going on as well. But um, there was one more kind of little kind of um, angle I wanted to look at it from. Um, and this was from the point of view of actually something that Vladimir talked about a couple of years ago in, uh, in the Parameters of Power seminar that we were both up at in, in um, Toronto when we had a great time staying with Lance and many, many, uh, many laughs were had up there in Toronto. Um, but Vladimir used this kind of three-level description of ways that you can fight against people right um which i thought was interesting and he he did relate it to knife working against the knife in the second day um and it kind of stuck with me and i've kind of been revisiting it over and over again and what was interesting to me is that he said that you can fight people on all of these three ways right that that, that you can do it and the first way is what he just called with physics right? <laughs> as if everything else wasn't physics you know the translation wasn't there but just he meant kind of like physical capacity so is and i think this probably includes all of the things we've been talking about on the primal level of just like be aggressive smash um run away um grab and hold on to somebody um but also using tension using actual strength to just grab somebody and wrestle them to the ground and just you know pin down the kind of thing they teach a lot in you know 
uh, the old school Marine Corps martial arts program, like get two hands on the knife, pull it over your body and lie on it and oh, smash it until it comes out. All that kind of stuff. Like you can fight somebody with a knife that way. Like, um, depends. Do. You might be, yeah, you might be okay. You might not, but it's a way of fighting. And then he bracketed, which I thought was quite interesting into the second lot, the idea of skill, right? And he said, the second thing is skills. And that's using leverage, you know, locks, distance, timing, and ability to, you know, punch versus the knife or something like that. Um, biomechanics and maybe some understanding of what typically works like high, prob- high probability techniques i'm kind of paraphrasing mm-hmm. here but like you know guys tend to do this when they have a knife this way so if you can get underneath the knife you mm-hmm. can lever it out mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and he put them all within the bracket of skill um and then there was a third category that he tamed power right that he turned to power um which set apart from skill, right? So it's not that it doesn't include biomechanics or all those other things, distance and timing, but it seemed like there was more of like an, an emergent strategy in power. Like it's something that you you see before the things come about. You position yourself better for the attack because you see it coming a little bit earlier. Um, there's a lot more feel. There's aspects of like deception, of like showing one thing and doing something else. And, and an, act, an aspect of kind of guided intuition, like as you commonly refer to. I thought it was really interesting that so many things fall into that skill bracket and that he didn't dismiss those. He was just saying there's another level to work on. Um, and it seems to me that a lot of the time with the drills that you're showing, um, you're, you're building power, right? You're, you're building that intuition um, and feel like um, rather than drilling down onto more and more physical capability or more and more um, overt skill. Do you know what I mean? And the other yes. thing that is the other thing that occurs to me is that when you see people pressure tested at the primal level, it looks ugly, right? It just looks like two people wrestling. They both fall over. Things happen. When you see people pressure tested at the skill level, it can also look ugly. <laughs> it can also go back to that. But when you see people pressure tested or pushed forward and, and they exhibit power, it can still maintain some aspect of what looks like skill. So it, to me, it looks like it kind of jumps down one, you know, even when people attack you very hard um, with a knife and I've tried, right. <laughs> it's um, it still looks like skill. It doesn't look like you had, you resorted to, to the next thing down the, down the way. Have you got any um, insights on that or any comments or ways in which you feel like um, how much of that holds I mean, up in your experience or how much of it I'm just talking out my ass with? No, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I learned from Vlad, so, I'm kind of thinking about what he's saying. Mm. Uh, I mean, no, full disclosure, full of yeah. I am I am paraphrasing too, so apologies to anybody yeah. for if I feel like I get it wrong. This is my interpretation, but wrote it yeah, down, yeah. and this is what it feels like. So. Mm. Um, I mean, I think I, I mean I'm, I'm not going to speak for Black because I don't, you know, he thinks in ways I don't think. Uh, sure, but it's a very valid point. I mean, you can learn a lot of skill. But if you don't have the, I mean, I, I guess I'll explain it. Look, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you're not capable of using it, then what's the point? Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can train for all the skillful this, that, and the other. But if you can't control yourself under stress, then mm. the skill is never going to exhibit itself, ever. Yeah. It's always going to look like, you know, two monkeys fighting, right? Mm. And... Uh, the real skill to me is to generate what I guess Vlad would call power. Yeah. The power is to contain yourself, right? To not allow yourself, not allow the situation to move you out of the potential of your skill. Nice. Right? Yeah. So, so really you're 
you know, your all of the training, the knife work against all, everything we've been talking about is really not about, you know, can I do this? You know, sh- should I do that? If a guy says on the internet that I should punch him in the face at this point, none of that has any relevance if you're not learning how to control yourself under stress. Mm-hmm. Controlling yourself under stress means that you're basically fighting against you know millions of years of evolution Hmm. you know which we are capable of doing that's the beauty of having you know a human mind is that you Mm -hmm. can observe yourself you can go against your programming to some extent (laughs) beyond your programming yeah Hmm. you know and i don't i can't think of another animal that does that Hmm. because no you know other animals may have fighting um strategies Hmm. we don't have arts Hmm. right yeah and and art means that you're able to sort of like observe the world in a way beyond your conditioning Hmm. right and i think that's where power is the power is in the art love it brilliant man well, okay. it seems like we come full circle back around. That that was brilliant. Thanks so much. That was a, we covered a lot of ground there, and hopefully that's going to be useful to people thinking um, and training and teaching uh, around the subject going forward. Just to round off, um, what's coming up next for you? Have you got any um, as things start uh, to open up, people come out of hibernation? Have you yep. got master classes planned for later in the year? Or um, I do. What's going uh, on coming to North North Carolina, of course, in October. Master class hey. out in the woods. Let's, yep. Let's, let's not stab each other out there. Awesome. <laughs> yeah so yeah that'll be a four four day event out of my way so please contact me if you want to find out there. about that you've got stuff going on at the academy as well uh i got the academy masterclass uh los angeles and uh in october also uh i have uh, in france in august eight day course in dijon and then four days in frankfurt after that um before that august also be in northern california doing a three-day woods out in the woods in the sequoias with uh, ethan yep. minor very good martial artist if you check him out um and then should be in um where else am i going oh lance's in iowa in yeah. november nice um and i'm sure there'll be other stuff scattered around so uh wheeler Sistema, Usual place, wheelersystema.com for the for the event yeah, guide. Or, or yeah. the academy, beverlyhills.com if you're interested in the school. Right. And, uh, yeah, stay posted. Oh, and also, uh, you know, um, a lot of people are curious as to how I'm, I do what I do mm. uh, on a physical level. Uh, I do run a four-day-a-week Zoom class on just my workout. I change the workout every day. And, mm-hmm. and it's about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes long. Yep. And uh, I basically take you through my daily routine. It's not it's not a routine at all. Daily self-torture. Yeah. And you can jump in on that. Uh, it's $15 a week for classes. And um, Bargain. Uh, yeah. It's cutting your, amount, cutting your own arm off, that is. $15 it, it, a week. It, I, I know. It's a, it's a coffee. But a really expensive coffee shop. <laughs> Bro, so same place, we list Sistema to get the online classes too. Yeah. 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 Bro. If you just go get on for the newsletter on the newsletter, I just send it out, codes out every Sunday. Bro. Nice one. Thanks again, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. And I look forward to seeing you in person in North Carolina again soon, later in the yeah. year. Look Bye. forward to it. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Sistema, please visit us online at www.ncsistema.com.